Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And uh, boys, we have a little personal business to get out of the way before we get into our uh, our show, our topics, uh, and it concerns Ron's texting style. So let me let me Piper see if I can describe for the audience Ron's texting style. So imagine looking at your phone um, and getting a text that says "boys." And then that's it for seven or eight minutes. All right. So you get the text that says, boys, indicating that it's time to pay attention. Like it's time to have a conversation. Um, and then Ron is radio silent for seven or eight minutes. And then the rest of the content of the text comes later. Um, I don't want to say this is aggravating because I feel like we bullied, you know, Ronald, poor, poor, wafy Ron. You know, kind of got tossed about by the wind, you know, as as so happens when, uh, you know, when you weigh 39 pounds. But he also got tossed about. By Th- yeah, 30, 39 pounds and dropping. 39 <laughs> dropping. Yeah, yeah. So when you're oh, I'd gone, be such a happier from... man right now if I was really 39 pounds. Yeah, when, you're, when your body's just kind of vulturing itself. Be able to hollow, hollow is happy. Hollow be able to justify some more duck donuts today if I was really so, yeah, 39, I, boys. I don't want to say that's super aggravating, Piper, but it is different. Um, and being that Ron is a four and needs to do everything differently, I'm guessing that's the reason for it. But Big R, you have the floor, um, and I want you to kind of explain your texting style to us. Yeah, so I, this is what it is, boys. So in, in sort of this age of we are just getting constantly blasted by information – Mm. What what I didn't like was years ago, I would just I would text a person, I would give them all the information and then never hear back. So okay. I just said, you know what, I want to get their attention because I just don't uh, want to I don't want to text until I have their attention. So I always do a heading like dude or hey or boys or uh-huh. something. And then when they text back and they go, yeah, then it's like, OK, good. Now we can dialogue. Interesting. Has anybody yeah. communicated to you that it's um, really annoying to have to come back and go? Yeah. Um, until this point, not very many people. No. See, I don't. So, I, I I need to clarify something. This this is good. I'm glad we're having this talk, uh, baby. I I don't do. I don't often do the yeah, because I just assume that when you say baby or boys, you're just going to launch into the thing. I didn't know it was incumbent on on us as the audience to say yeah, but I'll start doing that now. Well, no, no, um, no. It's. I mean, it's totally up to you. It, to yeah. me, it's just a way to say hey. It's usually something that I need to, that we need to suss out in the moment, right? So yeah. it's like if I'm, it's like something I want you guys to. I want to know that I have your attention so that I can text this thing and we can yeah. just get to. It's it's, it's actually a uh, it's actually a way just to be efficient, so that I'm not just texting and then waiting ten hours to get your response on something. Let's yeah. just get it get it now. We'll get it out of the way. That's all it is. So do we not do we not have the prerogative to take ten hours to respond to a text? Is the understanding that a text message has like a there's like a, a an appropriate you know within x number of minutes or, or you're being rude no this is what i'm saying when i say boys and then i pause at some <laughs> point i know it's going to bother you because you think that i have something important to say so eventually yeah. what I, you can wait 10 hours but like i'm not going to be worried about it because i just threw out the boys and then so uh, i'm not going to be worried about the information until i know i have you and you're curious and you actually want to hear what i have to say see this is the irresistible force and immovable object cuz i'm really good at not responding to texts 
I just interesting. I I I do it all the time to people because Sir? because they texted me on my time and and so I'll respond to it or not as I as I feel like it. I don't feel any obligation to respond immediately. So I feel like I feel like we might come to an impasse on this at some point. No, we really won't. I, at just some point, I'll say, boys, nobody responds. And then when I have to, I'll eventually lay out the info. No. And, um, you know, I, I mean, it's, 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 not that, it's not that technical, you know. Answer, okay. answer me this, though. Like, it's just a method. Do you, ever, do you ever run up against a scenario in which you've thrown, like, dude and baby and boys and, and all that out to so many people? that you've forgotten like that you dropped like a dude to somebody like six texts ago and you're like, Oh, I left that guy hanging for like a day and a half. Does no, because happen? no, it never happens because I, what I do is I always just throw it out there. I never wait that long. So I throw yeah. it out there to see if I have their attention, but uh-huh. then if it's been like 10 minutes, I'll just eventually type out the thing because you're right. Like I would start forgetting all this stuff. Piper, I'm, t- I'm tickled by this. Why is this, why is this so funny to me? <laughs> because Ron's way overthinking how text messages work, <laughs> which is you Here's shoot somebody funny. a question and they respond when they can. I've never, ever had this conversation with anybody until right now. So it's actually the opposite. I have not overthunk any of it. I've never even thought about my method until you guys just brought now, it up. Piper, vis-a-vis last week's episode, just to kind of build on that, does this new information, does this scenario – does this place Ron even more as like a hyper millennial or does it place him even more as like a, uh, a hopeless old man? Like which category does this put him in? Hopeless old man or hyper millennial? Uh, I believe this it, – it, it just proves his – how enigmatic he is because I know mm. nobody else who texts like this. I'm sure some listener will hit us up. That's on what he days. wants. You're, you're speaking Ron's yes, language right I know. Now. He's, this he's thrills just, him to I can, no I can end. hear him glowing. <laughs> My texting is this. different. I've done it. I'm unique. I'm the most it. unique texter of no all one's time, like boys. Me. Nobody texts like Big R. No one texts like me, and no one's as skinny as me. Well, that's no not one. true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, well, so this he, is... he, it's clearly not millennial because a millennial will just they'll just blow up your phone and they'll throw in they all throw sorts up. of emojis and and abbreviations and who knows what else and like it just and then they'll probably use other things besides you know standard texting as well various other direct messaging and on Boys, all, a, on I'm all a, the platforms i'm a minimalist when are you guys going to get down to the fact that you're dealing with a millen- a minimalist not a millennialist so mm. that's the difference man that's that's the qualifier millennialist that sounds like something you know john MacArthur would pick a fight with you about Oh Maybe my not. gosh! Are we going to get into Johnny Mac right now? Are we going to get into the scandal? Is that where you guys want to go with this? I mean, is that what is scandal? That just is he in a scandal? Ah, uh, he's ever seen a scandal? Uh, not. I mean, typical of Johnny Mac. It's not a moral scandal, but he's he's aggressively berating people who believe things differently than him. So oh, it's just in, like a being mean scandal. That's like it, that's we, like a level two Christian scandal. You know, maybe I mean? it's not. It's, it's not also a the exact it's same John thing McCarthy he's been doing. Being, it's John MacArthur being awake. It's the same thing yeah, he's John done MacArthur since 1982. Morning, being John it's MacArthur doing MacArthur things. Absolutely. It's like Ted Cluck waiting up and like boxing. It's like it's just it's what is. And yeah, Ronnie, yeah, Ronnie yeah. waking up and, and not eating. And not eating and not having breakfast. It's me waking up and texting boys. Yeah, yeah, and, and then waiting a half a day. Absolutely. <laughs> me waking up and having eggs and uh, avocado toast. Baby, I want to get back into this John MacArthur thing because I feel like it dovetails nicely into one of our topics. But – uh, before I do that, I have uh, this is something I was I was half serious about Piper. I think Ron, you know, he's he's kind of beating his brains out trying to get another book deal and and 
it hasn't really popped for him. But I, I think, I honestly Thanks, think that, Thanks, baby. Yeah, no problem, Thanks, baby. Pa- I, Thanks I, for I, painting me in that great light. I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. That Thanks for peeling back the curtain a little too far. Yeah, appreciate but, it. Yeah. Because um, as a millennial, I don't let that many details about my life and promotional life get out there. So, but dude, thanks. right? As a millennial, you're you're you just throw up everything. There's image. no cool. There's yeah. no yeah. You just absolutely. Let it, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you should. I think you need to write like a a quasi business like leadership book for pastors. Oh my gosh. You're I think you need to be this guy. Wrongest no, no, no. guy in the world. Dude, you, it could be, you could have a chapter about communication. So like the text thing could go in there. And, and honestly, I think you need to be, we, we lack this in the reform space. Okay. We lack like the pastor who says, Hey, it's okay to like rest and have a retreat. Like you need to be that guy, but like, that's a, that's a niche you could fill um, is being the guy that says, Hey, you know what? Treat yourself. You know, um, it, do we do we have this guy Piper? Like, yeah, I, I think, think his name's John Acuff, isn't it? <laughs> no, oh, well, he's, he's you know. Different. So the <laughs> guy, the, the the treat yourself reformed guy. Um, the treat yourself reformed guy. I'm talking about a real pastor. No, I'm, like, saying, I'm just like, I'm picturing all reformed pastors trying to say that sentence and not immediately like begin to beat themselves with a whip to self-flagellate. Just oh, the, dude, the, yeah, we got guilt. we got tons of like beat yourself with a whip guys for sure. We do a brisk business in that. But, <laughs> we do we do a brisk a brisk business in all the things that Martin Luther tried to leave behind when he became reformed. Ironically. Oh yeah, like yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Um, I don't wow. know. Think about it, baby. I think I think there could be a future in this. You know, I don't know. I just I can't get a book deal. That's you just laid that out clearly. <laughs> well, no, but you you couldn't get a book deal until now. This is the turning point. Maybe right? maybe Christmas novels uh, have to build on the success of Treat Yourself. I mean, if you guys would ask me where I'm at with that, I might have some good news. But since you haven't, I don't really, I don't know where to go forward with that. You know, so baby, I, let's talk about uh, let, let's let's talk about MacArthur. All right, let's talk about Johnny Mac. I want to talk about scandals, and we we could probably do a whole show, Piper, on the the sort of strata, the uh, the the kind of pantheon of different scandals you can have. And I think Piper, or I think uh, I think MacArthur, just doing MacArthur things, doesn't quite qualify. But one of our listeners asked the question, and I think it's good. Uh, what do we do with old content of fallen leaders? So these guys who fall from grace, these guys who have like real scandals or just being mean scandals or whatever, and it causes us to lose respect for them. Um, what do we do with all that old content? Um, thoughts on that pipe? Well, it's, it's a really hard one to answer, I think, because the easiest answer is, you just you just throw the baby out with the bathwater. You ignore everything that that person has ever said or done, no matter you know, no matter where they were, you know, spiritually or theologically at the time they said it. So, I mean, there's and, and honestly, yeah. anybody who's listening to this could probably name five people that this is relevant to in the last ten years. Um, you know, so reform pastors, non-reform pastors, just leaders who we've respected who have done something stupid and or sinful and fallen from grace. And I don't know. I don't know the answer because I don't want to say, yeah, just ignore everything they ever did. But at the same time, personally, I don't ever go back and reread their books. Yeah. I don't go back yeah. and listen to their sermons. Like, I can't listen to a Mark Driscoll sermon from 2003 and not think of the guy who who became, you know, a, a, a self-destructive leader. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know how to separate the two. And maybe that's okay. Maybe, maybe that's the price that is paid by being an influential leader who 
loses credibility. Everything you've done loses credibility. Maybe that's the cost. Yeah, I, I think it is, man. I think it, it definitely is at some level. Big R, how do you deal with this? Um, I don't know. I remember this guy. I remember this dude uh, at a conference I was at said I the reason why I don't I don't quote guys, you know, that are, you know, anything, you know, sooner than, you know, 100 years ago is because these are guys that have been tested and proven. And I thought about that and I thought, well, OK, yeah, there's some truth to that. Right. But what we don't know is we weren't there back in the 1850s. So we don't know the kind of scandals that like Spurgeon and, you know, 500 years ago that, you know, Calvin and Luther were, you know, had, had happened to them that if we were there at the time, we would have said, you know, man, I didn't think I want to like read this guy or quote this guy. So I think for some of these guys, depending on how long lasting their work is, I mean, it's not really we're, since we're in the middle of it. Yeah, there's going to be a pushback from our side of the table. But I wonder if in 50 years or 100 years, um, you know, the next, 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 next generation is going to look back. Those books will have been re-released. There's going to be all these nuggets of gold in them. And those scandals are going to be such ancient history and they're going to be rewritten so many different times that they're not going to seem as important or uh, as timely when when it's time for them to learn from these guys. And certainly with guys like Driscoll and these guys, I mean, they did write things that are that are valuable that might help, you know, four or five generations from now. So I yeah, I don't know in terms of now. Yeah, I don't know. We feel there's like a there's like a weird taste in our mouth, but that's because we're too close to it, I would say. Dude, that's a that's an interesting point um, along those lines, like which which of our guys now do you think will be around then you know what i mean like a couple generations down the road who of the current guys that we have now who are people who's going to move the needle you know several generations down the road um i think I it's know. i think it's the people who write more biblical and theological stuff as opposed to cultural stuff because cultural yeah, stuff has sure. a short shelf life totally agree totally I mean, or, agree. or so you take somebody like tim keller who does both you know he writes like center church which was profoundly influential but is already losing influence because of shifts in church planting and things like that but then you mm -hmm. get you know his work like i don't know prodigal god or the reason for god those things are going to last in a, yeah. to a to a totally different degree i think I think, Man, I yeah, I think so. that's, I think that's totally true. I mean, obviously Johnny P, Timmy K, and yeah. I think some, I think some of the, I think some of the guys that are a little, a little less well known than them, you know, you get a guy like Sinclair Ferguson or mm -hmm. somebody who writes all of this just amazing stuff, but he's just kind of a little, little bit more below the radar than some of these A-list guys. I mean, who knows, who knows where these guys will be at in terms of public consciousness 50 years from now, but certainly I mean, they're, you know, barring any public scandal, I mean, people are going to be reading the people that we rely on now to be like a voice of like, you know, reason and reliability. So, yeah, the Pipers and uh, including Barnabas and yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the Kellers and uh, the nice. Martins, the, the Martin Luthers, as well as the Ronnie Martins. Right? The Martin so, Luthers, the Ronnie Martins. Yeah, I, mean, that's just, I, I think, you know, we're just that, right in the yeah. pantheon. Right. I mean, we're just tell, we're just telling the truth, you know. I, what about what about young guys? What about like let's go age fifty and under? Um, which, which of the young guys are going to last? But I mean, it's barring it's like barring anything. You know, it's always right now. It's almost like we have to qualify it by saying barring scandal. So sure, sure. I, I mean, it's like who's gonna who's gonna write some of these like these works that are gonna like you know carry us through time and and you know. In, in you know become like a test for time i i don't know i mean i think i, I think of a kdy you know because he has uh -huh. that, he has that kind of a knowledge base kind mm -hmm. of built he, he has that kind of brain and heart yeah. um you know so i can see a guy like that you know what you know when is he going to write his 
you know, when is he going to write his reason for God? When is he going to write his desire in God? Like, I don't know. Maybe it'll never happen. But, See, that's yeah. there, there's something to be said though. Like, there's <clears throat> there are not any profoundly good writers amongst the sub fifty pastor crowd that I'm aware of. Not yeah, that's in, a really great point. You know, like, in terms of like the platform speakers, they are yep. they're gifted in one particular thing, but like their books are just kind of okay. Yep. And and well, I see yeah, that that is a very snobby thing for me to say, but this is just as somebody who loves to read a well written book. Kevin DeYoung. We're in the book business. We can say this. Yeah, I mean, and 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 as if I've ever held back my opinions on this show. Um, right. I you know Kevin DeYoung, David Platt, Matt Chandler, uh, any of these sort of the 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 next generation of reformed influencers. They're all just average writers. And I think Yeah, they are. I, I think that I don't think they would argue with that. I know I know Chandler wouldn't. He didn't even think he is a writer. That's He's why not a writer. that's why he always writes with someone else who who's a better wordsmith than he is. And by writing you mean he's not writing, they're writing. Right. He crafted a Dude, sermon who's his that, with that person, Jared Wilson. Well, used really? To, or he was on a number of books. I think he's he At Jared two. C is his with guy. Man, it would be raining money on that guy. You know, I mean, that's know what, a, here's the thing, get. though. It's like what I think the problem is, and I have opinions about this, is that nobody is is brave enough to break the mold. So I think what you get with, you know, with the guys like, you know, with guys like Kevin DeYoung, I mean, they're, they're you know, I would say that they're good writers. They're solid writers. But again, what you're seeing when you when you read their writing is more of who they're influenced by rather than them being brave enough and maybe even having a publisher that's going to sort of sure. receive what they're doing in an attempt to break the mold and come up with something that is both theologically and culturally relevant to the times, but is sort of like something where it just takes you to another plane. And right. I, don't, I don't, I just don't think you're seeing that there, there, to me, there's a lack of like courage and bravery right now within Christian publishing, because everything is kind of just a, it's kind of a continuation of a theme. Yeah. And yeah. um, I think that's kind of more what you get than anything. And again, so then there's this chicken aspect of it, right? Where it's like, well, I would like to write that, but I don't think these publishers are going to be interested in that because it doesn't fall into, you know, the paradigm of what's being written. And I think one of those guys needs to to do that. And it, and it has to be one of those guys because it if if any of us went to a publisher and we were like, we have a fresh idea on how to communicate something we would get shot down in negative four seconds. You know, just oh, yeah. we don't move the needle uh, sales-wise and, and influence-wise. Now, if Kevin DeYoung came and said, you know, I want to do a, a sort of Eugene Peterson meets Brennan Manning reflective, but from a reform perspective kind of take on something theological, publishers would eat that up. Now, I don't know if he well, has the capacity yeah. to do that. I haven't seen any of that in his writing. He is a... He's a really well-organized, clear communicator, but it's much more like a clear lecture than it is a sort of soul-moving kind of writing. But Piper, I would say, you know what's interesting about that? Like probably my favorite book in the last 10 years is this book by uh, Zach Eswine called The Imperfect Pastor, who I right. think it just did what you described. And he, you know, it's, it reads like a novel. It's beautifully written. There's and it's, all probably, kinds of and it's probably sold like 11,000 copies, which is right, like really good for the, an author of his level, but doesn't, I mean, that's, that's 10% of, of a, of a, of a Matt Chandler book. But it might also be something that down the road becomes something that influences two generations from now. It just didn't do well in the time because, you know, again, it's it's there. Um, they gave they gave it a shot. It won a book. It won, you know, some book of the year award. But again, that could be something that just like Eugene Peterson, you know, it took 20, 30 years for it to become 
you know, impactful for, you know, the next generation. Dude, I don't so know what's, what, uh, what, what's Eswine's deal, man? Is he like, uh, he's like, like kind of the new, he's, he's kind of like the, he's kind of like the super conservative, you know, for our generation, Eugene Peterson is who he is. Okay. That's how I describe him. Dude, has he got any charisma, Big R? Is he, does he have star potential? He does not have star potential, but his whole thing mm-hmm. is about not having star potential. So his whole yeah. thing is like, it's like a modern day Peterson where it's like, no, 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 no. We've been looking at this all wrong. The whole thing is to not be famous. The whole thing is to be reflective. Oh, it's that deal. Yeah. It's that yeah. whole thing. But he, but he writes mm-hmm. in a very like beautiful, you can tell he's influenced by, by really, really amazing novelists and writers. And so he writes, he, he wrote this book that way. And it's just, and again, it's going to resonate with a lot of people. And for a lot of people, um, it's, it's not going to resonate because of the way it, it was written. I mean, that's my opinion about it, but I, yeah, well, yeah. I, but, I agree with the point that you just made, Ron, that there, it, there are, there are absolutely wonderful books being written. They're just not by the most influential platformed people. Absolutely. The best books being written absolutely. are by people who, who are focused more on the craft of writing rather than on the breadth of communication. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Yeah. 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 One other thing I wanted to jump back to that Ron said earlier, talking about sort of the how people will be viewed historically, you know, and maybe, you know, we're a little too close to this to figure out how to view a scandal of a Driscoll, um, you know, and then, Ted, you mentioned like there's there's like gradations of scandal. There's did you have multiple affairs or were you just a jackass to people on your staff, both of which are wrong, (laughs) but seem like they're probably should be graded differently. Um, Yeah. History doesn't look kindly on people who have been respected for centuries either. I mean, in the last 10 years, you get you get the the it's not revisionist history. It's more like looking more closely at the people of the time. So like Jonathan Edwards and various Puritans and the racial climate of the day. How do we view that? Mm -hmm. That's because that's a stain on them. Mm -hmm. And so so. History doesn't always look kindly on people who we have great respect for. Sometimes it overlooks scandals that exist now. But, I mean, it's so hard to say who's going to be, you know, profoundly influential. But we, we know for a fact that, that people are going to look back and go, how did they not see X at the time? Whatever that thing right. is, you know, how did, they, how did they not fight harder against abortion? How did they not, whatever, whatever that thing is, 100 years from now, um, People are going to judge really harshly the church leaders of today on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Boys, final question kind of along these lines, and then uh, we'll have to zip through the other topics quickly. But uh, do you think um, years down the road when, you know, people are are wistfully remembering Katie Wise regime and, and his work lives on, do you think I will get like a footnote in history for having <laughs> launched KDY? Serious, man. Real talk. I'm thinking legacy right now. You know, I'm I'm all about the legacy. Well, you made it what 125th on Jared C's list. Yeah, man. I, I think you. I think you're, you've already made it. What do you mean? What do you mean the future? Let's talk. I think, oh, I here's here's what the future is going to say. They're going to yeah. go. You know, prominent reformed author, pastor uh, Kevin DeYoung, wrote with a, a little known sports writer uh, who lived <laughs> nearby. And help launch and that man's, neighbor. yeah. Who's the young row with his neighbor? The the, na- the neighbor yeah. boy who liked the to write about boy. boxing. Yeah, absolutely. I, Isn't I, that cute? I, I think history might not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't look kindly on the on the second person in, in most sort of dual endeavors.
Well, baby, how about this for a more positive take, man? This is what I'll say, man. When when the whole emergent thing comes cycling back around, which it will, maybe maybe it is right now because cycles happen a little quicker these days. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I I think Moody's going to come after you for uh, for an update, man. And then you can we come out of retirement again to kill the emergent? Absolutely. Yeah, it'll Ooh. be called it'll be called like the submergent church or something like that. But it'll right. It, your book, I think your book will have some uh, some continued. Re- it'll uh, be you know, like re- the reformed version of the movie The Expendables, where all like the <laughs> the old heroes get called back into action <laughs> Dude, to go take it. names and you know. Kick I some, love it. Yeah, oh, man. It's, that's that that's, that's you coming out of retirement to take on Brian McLaren again. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah, on Mc- Brian McLaren Jr. Just baby, if you can just be patient, it's all gonna come back. Just be patient. I, I will, man. I'm going to be patient. And between now and then, I'm just going to rest on my 125th, you know, placing in the in the Jared C. Wilson list. And man. baby, don't forget those royalty checks because those things are flowing in like mud right now, I'm sure. Well, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm reminded, you know, basically every time I check my mail. If you want a reminder, open the mailbox today, Big T. Yeah, that's absolutely. How you, that's how you'll get a reminder. Ted, if you, exactly. if you want a reason to appreciate John MacArthur, people in his camp still really offended by the emergent church so nice. they uh they <laughs> hey, they are they are still threatened by it and therefore your book offended. still moves in their world his right, camp is probably yeah they're probably responsible for the bulk of our book sales right now so tip of the cap to uh you know to to johnny max camp and uh i hope i hope they stay afraid of the emergent church so let's <laughs> let's let's keep that product flying off the Here's shelf to and boys, speaking of books and product this is fascinating um, and by fascinating, I mean really not at all fascinating, but uh, it's a thing that people in our circles uh, got delighted by. And that is the fact that uh, Justin Bieber, Biebs, so current current and former pop star, I don't know how current of a pop star he still is, but uh, apparently he was photographed reading Timmy Kay's book on marriage, The Meaning of Marriage. Which um, tip of the cap to Justin Biebs as well because that is a great book. Uh, I highly recommend it. I'm uh, I'm glad he was reading it. Glad he was reading something good. But in true, you know, kind of weird evangelical fashion, there were um, you know all all sorts of news releases on this. And did did the Gospel Coalition do a whole piece on it, Piper? It took like ten minutes, but yeah, they got Gospel Coalition Australia. Yeah, I think they already had it queued up. They probably have a piece written, and they just need to drop in the celebrity's name. Dude, it's you know, like, 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 like a, newspapers yeah. do with obituaries for it's like, like an presidents. obituary. Exactly. Yeah. This is oh, this I is this is the obituary for the meaning of marriage. Justin Bieber read it. It's dead. Story printed. You know, dude. Well now, done, I, I want to ask a follow-up question on this. So, also, I didn't know there was a. a Gospel Coalition in Australia. That's amazing. I didn't either. Like, they're I didn't really either. expanding those guys. Um, my question is, when Timmy K got this news, like when this trickled down to Timmy K in in whatever sort of you know Tony Manhattan loft he lives in, like, do you think this moved <laughs> the needle at all for him emotionally? Do you think he was like, hey, babe, you know, like he 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 did that motion to br- like bring his wife into the room and. Like, like, baby, check this out. Like, Justin Bieber's reading. Or did he pull out his BlackBerry and text one of his grandkids to say, "Hey, who's this Justin Bieber fellow?" Yeah, why, why, why should I care if he's reading? I I feel like that that has just as much possibility as it making him feel good. (laughs) Okay, follow up question to that: What do you think is the, the 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 sort of Mendoza line or the cutoff point for pop music that Tim Keller? listens to or has ever listened to you know what i mean oh, like dude. where does it 
where does it end for him? Um, 1978. Like, I was going to say, like, did he did he top out at like Moody Blues or Chicago or yeah, like the, the Almond Brothers or something? I don't the, know. Yeah, the Almond Brothers. I, I mean, mean, that would be the corn. That would be the cornier end of it. I I think okay. I, I think he would be a pure like, oh, dude, I, you know, man. For me, it's all about like James Taylor. You know, like oh one of, yes, you know he's absolutely I mean? a James Taylor guy. That's what I for mean, sure. Yeah. Dude, it's you know, glum. Yeah, James um, Taylor's still, you know, he's folky, but like, man, he still has a massive audience, and he he didn't do anything like super silly, so he, it's, people take him seriously, and he's, you know, there, there's like one of those guys, right? See, yeah, I yeah. I picture him as one of those guys who's like, you know, when he was a sophomore in college, living in the dorm back when you know when he had hair and it was moppy, you know, he's. He's listening to like Strauss trying to to read philosophy and the guy next oh, door yeah. is listening to, you know, the Rolling Stones and he's just battling in his soul between judging the guy and hating him <laughs> and then like praying for him at the same time. That's what I picture Tim Keller as in in his, in his he never day. listened to pop music. It was, Dude, it was always not. classical. I, I see him as being like a guy now that only listens to like uh classical music. That's how huh. I think Jimmy K. So you guys think his record collection in college contained like zero pop albums? Like there was no Rolling Stones. No, I could see him being kind of a, a and I love Timmy K, man. I don't even know why I'm saying it like this, but kind of like a smug Beatles guy. You know what I mean? Like every yeah, Beatles totally. person is a smug person. That's yeah, that's totally. what it takes to like that trash. Yeah. Yeah, but like exactly. Rolling Stones, like some of that stuff was controversial because of the content. But like there was all those there was all those dudes like James Taylor and Carol king and That's like you were true. allowed you were allowed to listen to that back the, then. the Joni mitchell were, era Joni mitchell 100%. oh dude you know he's rocking some Joni mitchell for sure. absolutely. absolutely yeah there's no doubt yeah so he was either classical or like the yeah the full-on like bell-bottom folk crowd mm-hmm. yeah, baby yeah, you know what though that. man back back to your original point man what i thought was like super funny about the whole beebs thing was like all <laughs> i could all i could think man all I could think was all of these other dudes uh, in in our camp thinking and dreaming of ways that now now that Biebs is like proves that he likes to read like good Christian content. How can I get my book into Biebs' hands? Like yeah. how can I get him like my latest book? Because this dude has years to hear now, man. So I need to. Baby, need we might some... we might be able to get you a book deal now if we can get <laughs> if we can get one of our books into into Biebs' hands. Because dude, all you're looking at is like I can't even imagine where uh, Meaning of Marriage like bumped up to on the Amazon list after everybody saw oh, it. Because I mean, dude, it just... he, he was getting. I mean, he they yeah. were getting. I mean, like major news organizations were like were oh, like yeah. on this. So breaking news, man. Breaking absolutely. news for sure. I mean, um, Meaning of Marriage just came Keller's like biggest selling book of all time for sure. You know, dude. Now, of of your library, Big R, and th- these could be books that you've written or books that you've written with me. What what book do you think Biebs would be the most likely to read of yours? And we we need to make this happen. I mean, I think I I think if he's feeling edgy, Bridezill. You know what Ooh, I mean? Okay. It's, because, you know, he's hanging with Carl Lentz and he might be thinking, sure. I don't know, I'm reading this guy Keller. Have I been going to the wrong church? I mean, is it all just, is yeah. this all getting silly? Do I need to get a little more serious about my faith? Do I need to the go to Redeemer that is, Yes, he's, he's going to the wrong church, but carry on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. No, but I'm just saying like, so there's a good, there's a good shot. He could be like, hey, you know, I put all my eggs in the Carl Lentz Hillsong basket and I'm just not, I'm not seeing dividends from that anymore. So maybe it's time <laughs> to get a little more serious. <laughs> So maybe Bridezill would lead him to that kind of hurt that he's been feeling for a long time, baby. That's what I'm saying. I know it. No, I know it. I love it, man. I love where your head's at right now. I love your enthusiasm for that book. 
You know, this is like a little a little marketing segment for Brad. We haven't, we haven't promoted that book in a long time, baby. No, we haven't, baby. And it feels good. It feels good to be back on the horse. You know, it's not it's not too late. That book still has it still has life. Barnabas, give us a 10 second promo on Bridezilla, would you? Uh, Ted's second promo on Bridezilla of Christ. So Bridezilla of Christ is a book by Ronald Martin <laughs> and Ted Clark put out by, was it Waterbrook Multnomah? Is that right? Absolutely no idea. Okay. We'll call it Waterbrook. <laughs> Might have been Nav Press. It was one of the two. It was, it was Waterbrook. Or Moody. It was Waterbrook? Okay. I got it right the first time. Or Baker. Um, Academic. <laughs> all about how the church, uh, the church hurts its own, coming from two people who are dedicated to the church but have also struggled with it. It's honest. It's reflective. It's pastoral. You should check it out. Bridezilla of Christ. Go get it. Dude, even when Barnabas he's joking, Piper. baby. Even when he's joking. I know. Dude, literally, he's literally the Michael Jordan of this. He's we just popped up 249,000 uh, numbers here on Am. I'm looking at it. Oh, it just keeps bumping up right That means now. you sold two copies. Right, exactly. It's like NASDAQ. It's like the stock market, <laughs> you know. Ron's got a little – because he's he's vintage and, and minimalist, he's got like a little ticker tape machine in his office. Absolutely. Like it makes that little clicking noise and, and reams of paper spool out. Right. <laughs> It's analog. It's an analog counter. It's an analog counter. That's right. <laughs> it clacks these little beads over every time we sell a book. It's amazing. Absolutely. Oh, baby. <laughs> Boys, I got to go. I got a meeting. So, um, yeah, I know it. I know it. The time just flies, you guys, when we're together, doesn't it? I mean, wow. I don't know. Not to get too, not to get too earnest and reflective, but. Um, yeah, you might. That get, might turn into a really good book. I mean, we got to enjoy this time. You know, we, we aren't always going to have this, you guys. It's not always going to feel like this when we're, when we're hugely famous and successful and, and, you know, fractured and arrogant and uh, just pulled in a lot of different directions. Um, we aren't always going to have these moments. So if, if you were an athlete or a famous musician, everybody would immediately begin wondering, like, is, is Ted planning to retire from this? Um, Dude, exactly. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he he's speaking in, in these sort of reflective pseudo morbid tones. What pseudo morbid past tense terms about the, the thing that he's currently doing, but no, I have no, I have no plans to leave the happier end. So, um, mm. This thing is a rocket ship, and it's just about to take off, uh, as we discussed earlier, vis-a-vis some of the, the business irons that we have in the fire, boys. Um, so, you know what? I'm just going to leave that a little ambiguous. We'll uh, we'll peel back the curtain on that next week. And, uh, boys, we've done what we always do on this program, which is to wander to and fro throughout these topics. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.